Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. And I want to read from Luke chapter 16 this morning. I feel like God wanted to raise someone's faith in this place. We're kicking off an all-new series today called Overflow. And you all know you may be wearing the bracelet. If you got your bracelet, hold it up. You're still wearing the Overflow bracelet. I see a few in the house. Overflow was our word for this year. And we're closing out this season with the, with the series on Overflow. And I believe that God wants to pour out upon this church as we get ready to go into 2022 in a new way. And so this is a series on financial stewardship. I know what y'all are thinking, man. The church always talks about money. You came here to church for the first time and we're talking about money. I just want to tell you, we're not here today to get something from you. We're here to deposit something into you. And I believe God is going to deposit something into your life, your family, your soul, your heart today. Because he's a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance. He owns it all. I believe he wants to pour out upon us today in this place. So I want to read from Luke chapter 16. Stand for just one more moment with me. I want to read starting in verse number 10. It says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Let me tell you something. How you manage the little will be the same way that you manage the much. If then you who have not who have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. You look around this world, even in the local church, and a lot of people are serving two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Today, as we dive into this idea of the overflow, I want to encourage you, church, because I believe God wants us to chase after the right things. He wants us to chase after the God things. And so today, I'm going to teach to you, I'm going to encourage you with a message. Paper or purpose chasing? What are you chasing after? Paper or purpose chaser? So I want you to turn to your neighbor as you're seated right now and say, what are you chasing? Ask him, what are you chasing? Ask him today as you're seated in this place. Thank you, thank you. Hey, give it up for the worship team. We had guest Defram with us, guest worship leader. Give it up for Defram. Come on, in the house. Thanks for being with us. Oh, my gosh. We somehow pulled Sylvester Wilson out of retirement. We got him back on the drums. I cannot believe it. Man, it's good to see you using your gift for the Lord again, my brother. I can do him like that because we go way back. All right. But no, it's good to have uh, all of you in the room. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Man, I'm so excited for what God is doing. Before we dive into this message, 
I need you all to do something we've never done. Pull out your phones, all right? Pull out your phones. We're going to do a poll live on the screen. You guys ready? All right, so we had some problems in the first service because the 9 a.m. service could not spell, all right? So I, I, I just believe you guys are more awake and you're, you're maybe more intelligent than the 9 a.m. So here we go. Don't tell them I said that. I need you to text Project Poll 1 to 97,000. So 97000 is who you're texting it to, right? That's the person. And then you type in Project, spell it right, Poll, two L's, right? One to 97,000. You'll get live the question right here. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Come on, church. Let's get it. Uh, I'm torn between mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes. Uh, man, this is tough for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go one. I'm going to go mashed potatoes and gravy. Come on. Who, where, where are you at? Come on, people. What's your favorite? They're coming in. They're coming in right now, live, in the room. How often do we get to do this? Use your, what does it look like? Oh, mashed potatoes and gravy are dominating. Okay. All right. Next question. You're going to have to text Project Poll 2 to 97,000. All right, so you got to do it again. But this time, too, Project Poll 2Ls to 97,000. Project Poll 2 to 97,000. How much money do you spend on coffee per month? Chrissy spends more than $60 a month just at Blueprint, let alone including Starbucks and everywhere else. So I definitely got to go number four. So what do you guys do? I know you all love your coffee. How much are you spending? Oh my goodness, you guys are frugal. Zero to $20? Look at this. Racking up the votes. You must be tea drinkers. Are you tea drinkers? How many know tea is cheaper at all these places? Go with tea. Okay, I like it, I like it. All right, last question. Here we go. Project poll three, all right, to 97,000. Project poll three to 97,000. And here's what I want to know. What type of money manager are you? Are you a saver, a spender, a budgeter, or are you winging it? Go. Let's see what happens. Here we go. They're coming in so far. Winging it is winning. And spender is in close second. Keep going. Keep bringing them in. I like what I'm seeing. And I like what I'm seeing because it's evident that y'all need this message. Let's go. I knew it was going to happen. God did not let me down and neither did all of you. So today we're talking about what are you chasing after? Are you chasing after purpose or are you chasing after paper? There's a famous series and book that was put out by a pastor named Robert Morris called The Blessed Life. And I think that a lot of us are living or wanting to live the blessed life. And I just want to let you know there's nothing new under the sun, but I actually stole some stuff from The Blessed Life. Uh, as a pastor, I just want to be real with you. I don't have all the original ideas. And so some of this content I pulled from The Blessed Life. Some of it, including the title, I pulled from, uh, from a pastor named Michael Todd. And so I'm just, I'm sampling a little. And today is going to be more of a topical sermon. I know usually uh, we do expository teaching. We've been walking through the book of Mark verse by verse for three years. I usually walk you through one text verse by verse. But today I'm going to jump around, all right? 
uh, throw a lot of verses at you, a little bit of a uh, drinking from a fire hose moment this morning. Okay, but are you ready? I know you came in here, you're like, Caleb, really like a, a series on financial stewardship. Let me tell you something. You are stewards in this place, meaning that God has given you something and it's up to you how you're going to manage it. And I believe that today we are fighting through generational cycles of poverty, even in this room. We're fighting through generational, generational cycles of selfishness in this room. And I got to be real with you because I think that in a room this size, looking at your responses, God wants us to look different than this world. He wants his church to look different as it relates to money and finances. I believe God is going to give us a revelation in this place of generosity and stewardship. Because I don't want to be a pastor with a poverty mentality. I don't want to be a pastor with a, with a selfish mentality. And I believe God doesn't want this church to have a poverty or selfish mentality. We are living in the overflow in 2021. That is the word we spoke over this church. And I believe that there are some things hindering the overflow in your life. And so I cannot emphasize enough how important it is that you are here for these four weeks. Because I believe this is going to be practical for our church to help us live the life that God has called us to live, the purpose he's called us to live in this world as it relates to our finances too. Wouldn't you all like to be more blessed? I think you have everything you need right now in your life to be blessed. We just aren't always stewarding it the best we can. We are always stewarding it well. And so today and over these next three weeks, I believe God is going to challenge us in how we steward what he has put in our hands. Here's what I want to say to you. Wealth transfers happen in the kingdom of God. Who here would like a wealth transfer in their life in the kingdom of God? I think I would, and I'm going to raise my hand. But here's who I believe God transfers the wealth in the kingdom of God to. He transfers it to those who he can trust. And I need you to hear this because some of us have not received the wealth transfer that we've been hoping for or believing for or praying for. And I believe it may be just a small shift in your perspective, in your heart, in your mentality, in what you're chasing after, and then God is going to open the floodgates of the overflow in your life. And I'm not just saying this to say you're going to get rich, although y'all would like that. I'm not saying this as if it's a prosperity teaching. I'm saying this because God intended for us to live with purpose in this world. But some of us are just chasing after the paper. Let's be real. Proverbs 19, 21 says this, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. How many of you know? We need to plan. Planning is good. I'm going to talk about it here in a moment. But at the end of the day, the purposes of God for your life are what will stand. And so I want to encourage us that we would root ourselves in being a people that chase the purposes that God has for our life, above anything else, above the stuff of this world, above the paper of this world, we are people who chase purpose. Project Church is a place that chases purpose. 
I need you all to help me preach today. Come on. Here's what I want to leave you with. One idea, main idea of today's message. The paper without God's purpose is pointless. Hear me, church. I know a lot of rich people who are empty in their hearts. I know a lot of rich people who have no purpose. And then guess what? I know some poor people who are the most joyful, purpose-filled people I've ever seen. Because at the end of the day, the paper without God's purpose is pointless. But I believe that you could be blessed. God could pour out an overflow upon you, and you can have purpose. He can do all of it. And so today, may we choose to chase after purpose over the paper that this world is encouraging us to chase after. So what does a purpose over paper mentality look like? First, we choose God over good. How many of you know you have had moments in your life when it looked like a good opportunity? It looked like a good job. And so you said, oh, I'm going to take that. I mean, there's benefits, there's retirement, there's a 401k, and you went after the good opportunity. But you knew that God wasn't on it or in it. And when you got there, you recognized that what was good suddenly felt very bad. When you got there and it looked good, but you got in it, and before you knew it, the good thing had become a bad thing. Let me tell you, I was in college, and I was dating a girl for two years. And she told me, after this school year, we need to get engaged. And I said, okay, I'll propose to you. I was three months away from proposing to a good thing. But then I said, no, no, there's a God thing. Where'd she go? There's a God thing. She was sitting over here before. There's a God thing. Come on, somebody, give God some praise for the God thing. We even matched today. That's how you know it's a God thing. Show him that coat, Chrissy. Oh, no, you, okay, she stays seated. The God thing, my God, thank you, God. We choose God over what is good. Luke 16, 10 through 13, I just read it to you. It says you cannot serve God in money. Now, the word for money here is the Aramaic word of mammon. You've maybe heard this. If you read it in the KJV, it says you cannot serve God in mammon. Now, this is an Aramaic word, which means riches. But what is this rooted in? In Syria, the Syrian god that people worshipped was the god of money, and his name was mammon. Now, what is the spirit of mammon? It is the belief that we don't need God if we have riches. It is the belief that we don't need God if we have riches. And how many know God doesn't like it when paper replaces him? It is an arrogant spirit. It is a prideful spirit. It is a spirit that looks to riches and money instead of looking to God. Let me tell you something. Money, mammon promises everything that only God can deliver on. Mammon promises security. It promises significance. It promises happiness. But only God can make us secure. Only God can give us joy. Only God can give us significance and purpose. And yet what we see in this world is a spirit of money, a spirit of mammon, a spirit of paper 
chasing. We will be rooted in the overflow. Now, when I say overflow, I'm talking about a blessed life, not a blessed wallet. Although I want my wallet blessed, church. Come on. I know y'all do too. But there is a difference between a blessed wallet and a blessed life. Money should never be the focus. It's always the fruit. You see, money is a byproduct of you going after the right things, which is purpose. Not only that, but we know people who have all the money in the world and yet have no purpose. They're walking with emptiness. The great philosopher told us, mo money, mo problems. You all know. <laughs> Matthew 19, I want to read real quick, 16 through 22. A story we see where Jesus encounters a rich young ruler. He's a young man, like many of you. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? He said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. Y'all are like, Haven't done that. You shall not commit adultery. Hopefully, you haven't done that. You shall not steal. Maybe not. You shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man, like many of you, said to him, all these I've kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. You see, sometimes we make it all about the possessions. But it's not about owning possessions. Possessions aren't bad. Money isn't bad. Money is not evil. It's the love of money that is evil. It's not about owning possessions. It's about possessions not owning you. This rich young ruler was owned by his paper. He was owned by his money. And so when God asked him and said, sell it all. And come follow me. That's the last thing you got to do. He went away sad, sorrowful, for he had great wealth, great possessions. I wonder how many of us are owned by our stuff. What if God said, give up the house? What if God said, give up the job? What if God said, give up the shoe collection? Don't do me like that, God. What if God said, give up the retirement? What if God said, give it up? I want to ask you a question that I often ask myself. Could I do it? If God sat you down and said, you got to give it up, you got to sell it and give it away, could you do it? I think that's the question we all got to ask ourselves. Because if the answer to that is no, then we don't own possessions. Possessions own us. But if we can sit down and say, God, if you ask me, I'll do it. I don't believe God really wanted this rich young ruler to sell all his possessions and give it all to the poor. I don't believe he really wanted him to. I believe he was checking his heart to see if he would. Much like Abraham bringing Isaac to the altar and God saying, you've been waiting for him. You've been asking for him. And it's what you've desired. But now I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to lay him on that altar and kill him. And Abraham has the knife in the air and God says, stop. It's obvious that you love me more than you love any promise I've given you. I wonder if we are the same way. Would we choose God over what is good? 
How many of you know money is not the answer to your problems? God is the answer to your problems. You could have all the money in the world and that won't make a difference when it comes to the purpose that God puts in your heart. Second, today, if we're going to have a, a purpose over paper mentality, we have to act. You got to act your wage. They act their wage. Everybody say, act your wage. Deuteronomy 28, 12 says, He, Lord, will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain to your land and its seasons, and to bless all the work of your hands, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This is a word to the nation of Israel. He says, you're not going to be the borrower, you're going to be the lender. And I want to tell you right now, we are the most indebted generation, the most indebted people, we have credit card debt up to here. We have car debt up to here. We have debt upon debt, student loans up to here. And I just want to tell you, God did not intend you to live as a borrower. And I know I'm going to make you all uncomfortable right now because you're going, dang, Caleb, you don't know about the amount of debt I have. Listen to me, church. I want to start by challenging you to act your wage because you will continue to go into debt if you spend more than you have to impress people you don't even like. Some of you got that $100,000 car and don't even own your own home. Some of you have every new pair of J's, but you still live with your mom. My wife, my wife this week, okay, y'all need to pray for us. I'm trying to act our wage. So two and a half years ago, we moved into a 1180 square foot house with three kids. Why? Because that's what we could afford, church. Come on, somebody. We were acting our wage. That, that is what we could afford. And so I said, look, it's going to be sacrificed for a season. But now, thank you for some things in this economy. Uh, the housing price has gone up. We are this week, we just made an offer on a new house, okay? So I need your prayers. I need your prayers. I'm talking about that overflow, church. Come on. I'll talk about that upgrade. But Chrissy keeps sending me homes that are like $400,000 out of our price range. I'm like, a girl can dream, but you need to keep that to yourself. Keep asking God, but don't throw it at me. Because we're acting our wage in this home, and this family asked for this house. We will act our wage. Everybody say, act your wage. Listen, the priority of this house has never been money. It's never been the priority of this church. We were blessed with this building. God, it was a miracle. God made a way. The priority of this house is the fruit of the vision, that we would love the unlovely. We would serve our community. We would help the homeless. We would see the gospel go across the world. We're not here to live for money. We're here to live for a call and a purpose greater than ourselves. Church, what are we chasing? So many of us are chasing after stuff. We're chasing after paper, and God's saying, I want you to chase after purpose. Third, today, if we're going to have purpose over a paper mentality, we have to have an overflow mentality. I'm talking about an overflow, not a poverty, but an overflow mentality. Now, some of you are saying, well, isn't this in contradiction to acting your wage? No. It aligns perfectly with it. Here's what I mean. Proverbs 11:24 says, "One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. 
another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. I want you to just let that soak into your spirit for a moment. Now, in the message, it says this, this same verse. It translates it as this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What is an overflow mentality? It's what I read to you back in, in Matthew chapter 19, where he's asking him, like, what can you manage? Or sorry, Luke chapter 16, where he says, if you're faithful in a little, I know you're going to be faithful in much. But if you're dishonest in a little, you're going to be dishonest in much. If you're faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entr- or unfaithful, who will entrust you with true riches? This is what God is saying to us. He's saying, I need a people with an overflow mentality. This is what he's saying. That we say, I'm a river, not a reservoir. In this house, in this church, we will be a river, not a reservoir. That's why coming up over the next few weeks and in the miracle offering, we're going to be giving tens of thousands of dollars away. Why? Because we're a river, we're not a reservoir. Last year, we gave the most money away in the history of our church, over $120,000. Why? Because we're a river, not a reservoir. We give to ministries, local and global. Why? Because we want to spread the gospel. We want to love people. We want to help those who are hurting. What does culture tell you? Culture tells you when you get it, keep it. But God is saying, when you get it, give it. Am I a a river or a reservoir? Kingdom culture says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Here's the challenge of being rich. Can I be real with you? You are rich. You're in debt, but you're rich. Compared to the rest of the world, if you make more than, I think it's $42,000, $44,000 a year, somewhere in there, you're in the top 1% or 2% of global earners. Think about that for a moment. As it relates to the world, we're pretty rich. And yet, there's a challenge in being rich. You see, when you're rich and you have money, you think you don't need God. I found that in times in my life, I got everything I need. All my needs are met. Roof over my head, food in my stomach. I have some disposable income so I can get those new J's. So I can buy that new jacket, that new fit, that new whatever. And yet, there's a propensity and a temptation that as I garner more riches, that I less and less rely on God. My reliance and my trust is no longer in the one who gave it all, who gives it all, who owns it all, who has it all who's the only reason that I have anything that I have in the first place. And so my question to you and my challenge to you is that you would have an overflow mentality. You say, God, I'm done being a reservoir. Now, I'm not saying don't save. I got a 401k. I'm not saying don't plan for your future. I got a college fund for my kids. I'm not saying don't have savings. I got an emergency fund. I'm not saying any of that. But don't let any of those things or the things of this world stop you from giving when God says give. From blessing when God says bless. From being a river when God's saying, I want to flow through you to the people around you. You see, fourth is we're passionate about preparation. If you're going to have a purpose over paper mentality, 
you have to be passionate about preparation. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Can I tell you something about preparation? I believe in it. I believe in preparing. I believe in the old axiom that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I believe in that. But I want to tell you that planning and being passionate about preparation starts with seeking God first. What did it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In our preparation, in our planning, God goes first. His kingdom goes first. His righteousness goes first. Him, his, him alone is first in our life. That's how you start with preparation. How many of you know God blesses what you prepare for, not what you hope for? And I think there's a lot of people hoping for a lot of things. I hope I can buy a house next year or in two years. I hope that I get out of debt. I hope that I get a new car. I hope, I, listen to me, God could pour out in, in your life. He could bless you through someone else somehow. But I want to tell you right now, he blesses what you prepare for. And so right now, here's what I saw on the screen. Most of y'all are winging it or spending it. And so I was called today to challenge you that you would start preparing for it. That you would go home today, you would sit down with your spouse, or if you're single, you'd sit down by yourself and say, God, how do I need to plan out my life, to prepare my life so that I can accomplish the goals that I've set out for myself? It's not going to happen accidentally. It's not going to happen without intentionality. It takes preparation. And I'm here standing before you today with my wife telling you, we would not be here where we are if we had not prepared for it. I start with preparing my heart by seeking after the kingdom of God. But then I'm passionate about preparation practically in how I even get out of debt. Let me tell you something right now. Chrissy and I started out, we had student loans, car loans, uh, you know, credit card debt, all these things. In the last three years, we got intentional in preparation. We budgeted effectively, starting with our tithe in our budget. And then we went through and knocked out credit card debt. Two months ago, knocked out our student loans. Come on, somebody. We have no debt anymore but the house that we own. And I want to tell you right now, that didn't happen by just hoping. God blesses what we prepare for, not just what we hope for. I'm not saying don't hope, but I'm saying you got to prepare too, church. Oh, man, it's quiet because y'all are convicted in this place. <laughs> Preparation looks like making a plan. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. If the band would come back, which leads to our final thought today. If you're going to choose to be a person that does purpose over paper, if you have that mentality, you align your priorities with your purpose. A purpose over paper mentality aligns their priorities with their purpose. I want to tell you right now, God doesn't have a problem with paper. He doesn't have a problem with you making money. 
He doesn't have a problem with you moving up the ladder. He doesn't have a problem with you growing in your business. He doesn't have a problem with you getting more wealth. He doesn't have a problem with any of that. He has a problem with priority. And the fact of the matter is, we have prioritized paper over purpose. We prioritize what we can get rather than the purpose and the call that God has on our lives. How many of you know you can experience prosperity and still be outside of your purpose? I've had seasons of my life where maybe there was more prosperity, but I didn't feel purpose. I've seen this over and over in my life. You see, some of you are chasing the paper. But here's what I found. If I chase the purpose, the paper usually chases me. And yet so many in here, in this world, and at times in my life, I've chased the paper. And maybe I even got it. I even got there. But without purpose, it's meaningless. But when you chase the purpose, let me tell you something, church. The paper chases you. The favor follows you. The overflow, the abundance is around you. Provision always follows purpose. Chrissy and I, when we launched this church eight years ago, we had some money in savings, and I felt like God said, I want you to launch out in this church. You're going to start it. We started with six people, Chrissy and I and two other couples, six of us. God said, I want you to start a church in the heart of downtown. Let me tell you something. I came down here. I met with every pastor in downtown. You know what they all told me? They told me, Caleb, you can't grow a church here. Caleb, you'll never grow a church here. You got to be okay with just pastoring a little tiny church because churches don't grow in downtown. So they told me, they said, Caleb, there's no parking. As if God's in heaven going, oh my goodness, there's no parking. What am I going to do? How many of you know God is so great, he can give us parking garages underneath our very building? Come on, church. They said there's no parking. We got parking underneath the ground. Name another church in America that has that. I don't know one. Tell me God can't do it. Come on, church. Well, man, we launched out, and for the first six months of our church, we were building and connecting with people. We felt like God said, you're not supposed to take any income. I said, say what, God? My wife said, say what, Caleb? <laughs> and so we moved in with my parents, who are right here. We lived in the back room for six months while we built from the ground up a new church. And I watched my savings go lower and lower and lower. And thankfully, Joanne was cooking me lots of food and, and my wife food and my son food and Little Canaan was getting fed. And I watched it go down and down until we had nothing left. And then we, want, we launched this church. And let me tell you, we have never had a day that we went without. Now, there's been seasons when it was tight. There's been seasons when I said, God, I don't know how we're going to make it this month. I've had those seasons. But let me tell you, the faithfulness of pursuing purpose will always be followed by the faithfulness of a God of overflow, of a God of abundance. And we've watched as God has increased even our wealth, has increased our opportunities, helped us get a house two years ago, and now upgrading to a greater house. Why? Because we pursued purpose. 
I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm standing here to tell you I am a testimony of what it looks like to pursue purpose over pursuing paper. And I need you to hear this, church, because you need to get it in your souls. That too many of us have pursued that which is fleeting. Let me tell you, moth and rust will destroy the things of this world. You can't take it with you. That you don't, you don't see a hearse with a U-Haul attached to it on the way to the cemetery. Let me tell you something, church. Purpose is the best thing you can chase in this life. So today, as we kick off this series on financial stewardship, I wanted to challenge us that we would be purpose chasers. Do we have any purpose chasers in the room? Give God some praise. Give him a shout. Give him a glory. Give him a hallelujah. We're going old school today in this place. Come on, church. I want you to bow your heads with me across this room. You're here, you say, Caleb. I know this was a message on financial stewardship and on chasing the right things, but some of you, if you were honest, you know you're in this room and you've been running from God. You've been running from his best. You've been running from his purpose. You've been running from a right way of living with your Savior. Today, I believe God wanted someone in this place to come back to him. He wanted someone in this place to come into relation with, with him for the first time. Jesus chased you all the way to the cross and paid the ultimate price so that you could receive the ultimate gift of life eternal, life to the fullest. We serve a God that chases us. We can't run too far that he could never get to us. And God has chased someone into this room today or maybe online today, and he wanted you to respond to his love. So if that's you in this room, You've been running from God. You've turned your back on God. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God, but today you're coming into the purpose that he has for you. You're surrendering your life to Jesus, your Savior. I want you to lift your hand right now. Go, if that's you. Go ahead. Put it up in this place. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, church. Give God some praise. Anyone else? Put that hand up so I can see it. Yes, I see that hand. I love it. This is what it's all about. Would you pray this prayer with me, everybody in this room? Lift your voices with me and, and repeat after me. Say, Jesus, today I decide to chase after you and your purpose. Thank you for chasing me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was hurting, but I received my healing. Today, Jesus, Come into my life. Make me new. I love you and I will serve you from this day forward in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise, church. This is the best decision you could ever make. Can we stand to our feet all across this room? I want us to sing this song as a declaration. When we sing, I'll lift my voice and shout, we're saying, I'm chasing purpose over paper today. Come on, lift your voices in this place, church, and sing it with us today. Let this be our declaration. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. 
We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.